0: Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly life transitions podcast where we share the stories and experiences of professionals that help families create a new path for themselves. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about transitioning your life through relationship separation, starting a new career, having babies, and many other life transitions. Find out more at mycleanbreak.ca. Here are your hosts,
1: Darren and Tina.
2: My Clean Break, or Clean Break the podcast, starting to get that a little overlaid sometimes because our website is mycleanbreak.ca. So, and now, and always the podcast, we're going on getting close to 100 episodes now, Tina.
1: That's crazy, Darren.
2: Yeah, almost 100 episodes of the Clean Break podcast. Yes, yes, we've been
1: around a while.
2: So, I'm Darren Javag, by the way. Oh, it looks nice like you. we're just sitting here, right? I know. Okay, we so, are just sitting And here. obviously the co pilot of the show that stops us from <laughs> b- crashing, burning flames into the ocean. Tina Murray, how are you, Tina?
1: <laughs> I got to say, I can really be quite squirrely. So, I'm not right. quite sure how you think that I stop us from crashing and burning. <laughs> but I like it. The I good mean, news is that
2: whenever I've got the wheel, uh, I keep us away from danger. And then whenever I start to squirrel, you, you pull it back on true, the road, right? True, so true. And great. I
1: like to harass you a lot. So you do. do. really kind of- A lot of fun though. I throw you under the bus All the lot. time. All I'm the time. So I still sorry. got tread
2: marks on the back of my, on my back right now. After
1: 90 or 100 episodes? Yeah. I oh, imagine yeah. you would. 90 For sure. And
2: my skin is so thick right now, I can't get sunburned. And we're Anyways, just, okay. Oh my goodness. Okay. This is
1: degenerating All right, quite badly. Let's get back to the show. Yes. And
2: who do we have on our show today?
1: Today, we have <laughs> Rachel Hammer. You boy, really want me to get serious now? Yeah. No, go ahead. <laughs> Can we just not talk a little bit more about something?
2: No, let's talk all about our right. guest. Who do we have <laughs> on? Because right. she, she looks lovely and I want to talk to her.
1: <laughs> I'm sure she has something really interesting to say as well. Good. All right. So, Rachel Hammer, she is the uh, she works with rachelhammer.com real estate team. Yes. And your your brokerage is the uh, Royal LePage. Royal LePage so. and yes. yes. So sorry, I botched that. No, no, there's a few of us out there, so it's always, just want to make yeah. sure I get yeah. that right too. Yeah. yeah, well, Rachel Hammer, thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So you are a real estate agent. That kind of name speaks for itself. Yes. <laughs> Tell yes. us a little bit about how you got to that point in your life. And have you been doing it forever or is this a second career for you?
0: Well, in the current market that we're in in Canada, it feels like it's been forever. Um, Mm. But uh, actually, I've been doing this now for 17 years. Um, I started off uh, in social work. So uh, I went to university and college to uh, go into the social work industry. Um, And I worked with the government for several years in Mm. a nonprofit as well. And basically bought my first property. It was a nightmare. Um, Nothing went well. And Mm. I couldn't believe how difficult um, the entire process was. Mm so uh through the course of maintaining my career in government i uh, pursued my license in real estate and i was actually working part-time originally with a team and i believed in the value of finding professionals in the industry so like in any industry you have those who are very passionate about it and those who are just doing it for the sake of a job Mm -hmm. um so from my perspective it was uh, predominantly because i felt like you couldn't find a professional you can trust in this industry and i wanted to um, provide a vision of providing services that people could trust by meeting and exceeding their expectations. So I work Mm -hmm. predominantly by referral. And I love what I do because I get to meet such amazing people. I get to go into their homes. I get to be a part of their lives. And it's not a sale. It's a relationship. Yeah. It's not just a transaction. So yeah. I look at it from a very uh, holistic,
1: client-centered approach. Right. Mm. Funny enough, uh, on our drive to the studio today, we talked a little bit about that. Actually, I think sitting in the parking lot waiting, we talked about how we are all very much about relationship-driven, not yes. transactional. And it's really, really important to hear that. And from my perspective as a mortgage broker, mortgage agent, um, you know, I deal with a lot of realtors. So to hear that, that it really, and I believe you, right? I truly believe you that you are about the relationships. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's its so important because so many so many people in many professions are not like that.
2: I know after the first time we met you, I know yeah. Tina, and I talked about it yeah. and, I, and we liked you right away. Because well, like, it yeah. was like, we, we, we got a vibe. <laughs> yeah. And we were like, you know, uh, I was, uh, we said, you know, like Rachel's, Co- like she, she connects with who we, the type of people we are, we right? Are, yeah. We we are about relationship first. Give it away. Give your advice away. Yes, and the business will come. Absolutely, right. simple as that. Yeah. And and then I also love your last name, right? Because like yeah. we were we were saying about that. I said I said Rachel is either meant to be a real estate agent or a, a lawyer. Yeah, because yes. like yes. drop the hammer. Yeah,
0: you know? don't let my mother hear that one though, because she really wanted the lawyer first, right? But she's okay
1: with me being a realtor now. Good,
2: excellent.
0: That's
1: awesome. <laughs> so we we asked you a little like we asked you off off um camera what your unique value proposition is and I think you pretty well said that right it's it's yes. providing it, service It's
0: providing service for the right reasons, mm-hmm. and, and like like Darren, you know, it's 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 one of those situations where I think a lot of people, um, especially in sales, right, they're they're worried that they're just going to be sold something, yes. and it's not about that. So right. you know, when we meet with a client, it's about assessing their wants and needs, setting an action plan. So very similar to the counseling background that I have, um, I use that in real right. estate. So I think it's really important when we talk about value to our clients. It's about giving them the information, making them an informed buyer and seller. And then giving them the choice to what they need in order to make sure that they get what they need. And I think a lot of times people provide services the way they want to without necessarily reflecting on what's in the best interest of the client. right. right, right. So that's really important to me. yeah, how,
2: how do you how do you that's interesting you yeah. brought that up. So the counseling part, right? So you started out, right? before being in real estate and you your education is in.
0: I have a college uh, degree, uh, sorry, a college diploma in corrections, so to okay. become a correctional officer. My right. husband is a correctional officer. Really? He is. Yeah, that's, that's a very difficult job, and, <laughs> and I'm sure after getting to know me in such a short period of time, you can all be sure that this was not the right career for me. Um, and then I went to uh, university uh, to pursue law, as a matter of fact, so I actually graduated with a bachelor's in both psychology and criminology. Wow. Um, and I started in working in the nonprofit sector as a social worker as well as the Ministry of Training Colleges and Universities. So um, my background very much was in social work, and that's how I was trained for several years prior to going into real estate. But I very much feel that it's a beautiful transition into real estate because real estate doesn't have to be about sales. And I think – Real estate is one of the few things that is an emotional purchase, right? Mm -hmm. It's not objective, you can't quantify it. It feels right and therefore it's very hard to um, see a lot of people in this industry who don't feel, who don't have that emotional aspect, Who are working in it for the sale as opposed to actually feeling what the client's looking for what their you know process of elimination when you're looking at properties as opposed to a process of selection so our job is to make sure that the client feels really good about their purchase we've Mm -hmm. worked with people as as little time as a week from finding you know finding their perfect home uh to three years and Mm uh you know our google reviews actually speak for themselves when you read some of our clients reviews about us they say how they felt so reassured the whole time, wow. you know, given all the information they need to make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important because by giving people the information, you empower them to right, make the right decision. And then they see you as somebody who is doing something, what's best for them as opposed to just what's best for themselves. Yeah. Selling a house, I,
2: you know, <laughs> I, I, I would have to say there are so many businesses that could use some introduction to psychology, Sure, you know, Mm -hmm. like just to take the edge off the sales pitch, because Mm -hmm. it's like, uh, um, there is a psychology of selling Mm -hmm. and buying. Right. And, and I, you know, I think like people almost need to have that kind of training Mm -hmm. to understand, Mm -hmm. you know, how to do it. Right. Because there's a way to do it right, and there's a way to do it wrong. And I always say, if you're talking to somebody and you're getting a, that feeling in your stomach that like this just doesn't feel right, mm-hmm. then you're being sold to. Absolutely. You're not buying it. You're you're being sold. And and um, that translates like we we buy, so we buy with our hearts. We justify with our minds. Yes. So and I think and I mean, that's a saying that's that's around right and and I but it's so true right because people will buy the the wildest things mm-hmm. right because they love it mm-hmm. there's and but they'll sit there for hours just apply it, it logically Yes. why am i spending a thousand a month on that car yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. i got to prove this to someone but it's nice to hear that you have that background because i think that's where many people who are in, in some type of sales drop the ball. Yeah. absolutely.
0: Right. And with a couple, for example, there's always that one couple, one person who's about the money. So how much are we about to spend on this right, house? Like, what is right. this going to cost us? Versus the other person who might be emotional. Oh my goodness, this is exactly the house we need. We have to buy this. And in this current market condition, things are happening fast and furious <sighs> with decisions having to be made on the spot. Yes, you know, throwing a lot of money at properties, yes. not necessarily having to, with the intention of I want to win. So the psych of mm. winning is huge in this market right, right. now because nobody wants to lose. Right. And so it's constantly having to remind people uh, to have you know proper expectations of the market, a good sense of working with somebody who has the knowledge and the expertise and the pulse on the market. Mm-hmm. Our right. team last year alone sold 115 homes in the middle of this pandemic. Wow. And what was really challenging was meeting and exceeding our clients' expectations because it was so fast and furious and mm-hmm. aggressive. Mm-hmm. And um, and all I can say is that what really excels and what we really pride ourselves on is our reputation in the city. Yep. And so we have had opportunities where we haven't had to submit the most money on the offer, but because we have a great reputation working with good people, we've actually been able to successfully maintain the, uh, get the house in the multiple offer scenario wow. without having to put all the money down as the only reason that the client, the seller, wanted to accept our buyer's offer. So I think that it's really important not only to have a great reputation with your clients, but also with your peers in the industry. Mm-hmm. So how do you slow
2: People down, started to mm-hmm. jump no, in there. No, okay. How do you slow people down? Like, I, and that and that's a huge conversation right now around mm-hmm. the real estate market. I yes. mean, people are terrified about the oh. FOMO. Is it FOMO? Yeah, fear, fear, fear of missing fear. out. Yeah, like you know, and it's it's real. Like people are in panic mode. Absolutely,
1: and to buy a house. Like, there's nothing going to be available next year or next yeah. month or next week. It's like, it.
2: and then it's... I won't be able to afford it. And then I'm going to be broke and living in a box. To me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean it's right oh oh absolutely you know? yeah. no it's
0: it's it's very hard to maintain uh people's expectations and holding them back from making a poor decision right. or, mm-hmm. an, uh, or a quick decision mm-hmm. and we live in a society filled with immediate gratification right so if you don't get what you want right away how does that affect you yeah. right um one of the first things is a is a one of the first things we do with our clients is an introductory call with myself and one of our associates to explain the market, but also talk about their expectations. What are, what are your wants and needs? What are your priorities? Because sometimes you lose sight of it as soon as you start looking at properties. Right. The other part is actually physically going to see more than one home. Right. So right. thanks to the internet, we feel like we're looking at the market all the time. But when you physically go into a home They're and feel completely it, completely different. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and then looking at the uh, the client's uh, lifestyle, right? So are they somebody who wants to walk to a coffee shop? Is it somebody who has children and, you know, maybe or, or has mobility issues and, and requires less stairs in a house or more space now that we're in a pandemic for um, an office or, you know, this last two years, the swimming pool became the biggest mm-hmm. value that
2: we've mm-hmm. ever I was seen. blown away by that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because I have right. a swimming pool. Yeah, <laughs> and swimming so hard. do you, right. actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, same here. And, and yeah. for the longest time, it was like, well, you can have one, but it doesn't add any value Yeah, 50%. I'm yeah. like, seriously? Like, you know, those they're expensive. If in, yeah. if it's an investment that's expensive. Yeah. And now to hear that it's... Absolutely.
0: No, it's huge. Love it. Just took a little time to get there. So yeah, so to answer the question, it really just comes down to listening, active listening with your clients. Don't Mm -hmm. talk for your clients, let your clients Mm -hmm. talk for themselves. When they go through a house, what do you like? What do you not like? Sometimes we have to rate them, you know, especially with first time home buyers. They're so overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. They're just so excited that they can actually buy a home in this market. They have seen obviously some challenges in what they can afford, but it's always maintaining their priorities, which is, I think is an important key element that a lot of realtors lose sight of, because again, they're just perhaps looking at that sale. But once you get to know a client, it's very easy to say, wait a minute, we talked about on that first time, we talked about your priorities and now you're looking at this house that doesn't meet any of them. So what is it about this house that you like? And it's putting people on the spot to make them feel a little uncomfortable sometimes in order to be able to get the answer you're looking for, which is, you know what? I've thought about those first few priorities I mentioned, but this home meets this reason and why. And it allows everybody, we work as a team with her clients, right? So I think that assessment is so important. Um and then of course making sure that we're doing some of the business that we what is happening right now in this market is actually not going on the market. It's happening behind the scenes, Mm. right? right? So a lot of people don't want to go on the market in the middle of a pandemic and have people through their homes. So there's a lot of exclusive listings and other ways uh, to finding homes that meet our clients' needs. Mm -hmm. So it's really about making this a team effort um, and focusing on those priorities that I think is really important. And then when you're going through a home, when the client doesn't notice something about the home, for example, a crack in the foundation because they don't know better, it's showing them that, right? And letting them know that this could be an issue. And that again, grows that level of trust that it's not just about selling it because it's pretty, Mm -hmm. it's selling it because
1: it's practical and it's the right decision and a good investment. Mm -hmm. It's funny when we bought our house that we're currently in, um, I had said that I would never have a house without a dishwasher. Yes, me too. (laughs) And I had three children and I looked at this house and the one we were living in had a dishwasher and the one we were looking at and I, w- I went without my husband because he was working and I was like I love this house I want to buy this house and I'm like we have to go look at this house I want this house and I had not even noticed it didn't have a dishwasher <laughs> wow. and he in he, he had noticed in the listing that it didn't have a dishwasher and he said you do realize it doesn't have a dishwasher it's like okay we can add one yeah and we bought it <laughs> And that's a really good point because yeah. there are things that you can add
0: to a home yeah. to improve it or to make it what you need it to, you know, to have.
1: Right. And there's other things
0: you can't change, right? You yes. can't change the location of a home right. or the structure necessarily of, you know, and depending on the layouts, whether they'll meet your needs for the next five years or 10 years or more.
1: Right. So yes, there's definitely things like that to consider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is it is interesting. I really like that perspective because when I think back on, you know, even just some of the clients that I've dealt with or even about my own home buying experience I, I never I don't think I ever got that you know what I mean like I just this is what I wanted and and they were just showing houses yes right yes.
2: so question on that um, any horror stories from the last 12 months or 18 months of people doing things out of the fear of missing out and jumping ahead because we've we've both heard things where I know you've talked uh, given some stories about people who have come to you um, with no conditions Zero conditions on the property, and they don't even put the financing. It's just like they're gonna buy it with no conditions. I'm like, what happens if they don't get financed? What if they have all these? So any uh, any stories? you're, you're to. my, my
1: tongue, and I get it. I know some people, you know, realtors will. You have to go in unconditional. You have to. Okay. And I think what's important
0: <laughs> about th- about that, because I, I feel like perhaps we could take a moment and talk about the, this notion of going in with no conditions. Yeah, that to me, what I'm hearing is I'm going in without being prepared.
2: Right. And
0: so, what does it mean to get in uh, on a property when you don't have the possibilities of doing it the traditional way, which is putting in an offer, making it conditional on the financing, conditional on the home inspection and so forth. It's doing that before the offer presentation date. And that could be contacting your mortgage broker in advance, providing them the the MLS, the information, speaking to um, the realtor. an impact assessment, we we as realtors can buy reports to talk about upper threshold values Mm -hmm. and talk about how much this home could in this area be evaluated at the upper level. um, Pre-inspection. So go in before the offer presentation date and bring an inspector. Now these days, inspectors are coming in for even quick 90 minute Overall, like reviews like of the house, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So there's there's ways to alleviate some of those concerns mm-hmm. uh, without feeling like you're going in blind. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: I and I think more and more are doing it. Sometimes the um the the time frame of it being on the market is so tight, so short as well. Absolutely. Right? And it ma- makes it there's no ability to do that. So you go in and you look at it. You're not going to take an inspector with you unless you're interested in putting an offer in it, and you're not gonna know that until you've actually already seen the property. Generally speaking, right? Yes. Do a lot of um, sellers do pre-inspections that they offer to their
0: buyers? They can. Um, There's a lot of different conversations about that in terms of disclosure. So when a seller does a pre-inspection and there's something found during that inspection, Mm -hmm. how do you disclose that information? Um, One of the toughest parts about doing a pre-inspection is also that the buyer's relying on that inspection wholly as the way of their going into the offer. So does that put liability on the mm-hmm. seller after mm-hmm. uh, after closing that if something was found and not on that inspection, who is responsible for right. it? Does so that
2: happen?
0: It does yeah. happen. Oh, well, if goodness. there's something that happens in the home in the first year, there's always the question of who you're going to point the finger at. I know for myself when I was 23 and I bought my first property, and I, you know I had major issues with mine, which is one of the reasons I went into this business. Um, it was very tough because I was young, I didn't know better. The first person you contact is the lawyer, and the lawyer starts to identify who could be responsible for this lack of mm-hmm. disclosure or awareness mm-hmm. about this property. So that's that's very tough um, to go through. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's some there's good reasons for pre-inspections, mm-hmm. and I always say that uh, no two people are alike no two homes are alike and so you need to look at it on an individual basis of what's in the best interest of the seller as well
1: as the buyer yeah yeah so tell us a little bit you kind of you came to us at clean break i did (laughs) did. which isn't flattering it is we were just
2: uh, we were just uh discussing the fact that um many many professionals are starting to join us just from hearing about us and talking and it's awesome because Mm -hmm. you know it's never our intention with Clean Break has never been to I'm not gonna say it's not about us earning a living, like because we all do our own things right. and we and we earn a living. Yeah. But the premise of my clean break and, and clean break the podcast has always been about giving away the knowledge and advice to yeah. people for free. And if they like and connect with you, they're gonna come anyways. Yeah, absolutely. So if they yeah. consume this media, yeah. um, it's not a sales pitch. It's never been a sales no. pitch, right? No. So we're really happy that people are coming yeah. to us saying yeah, we thought it was a bit of a scam or something like that, but you guys are still around and you're everybody's so honest, they have yeah. to talk to you, so we're really happy to have you yeah, join us. so am I. Thank, yeah. You. Yeah. thank you
1: so what much. Brought you? Like, what, what, what is it about this concept that you thought was interesting or that you liked? I think
0: predominantly <laughs> the passion of bringing professionals together who are like-minded mm-hmm. to provide a service. A, a full service, yeah. right? Yeah. Just like as a realtor, we we say we provide a full service. We provide stagers and videographers and photographers and all of that. I love the idea that as someone goes through a, a break, whatever that life transition may be, yeah. that they can go to one spot to get all the types of you know services they need. Yeah. Um, and I'm very passionate about, uh, again, providing information giving people the the knowledge and the tools they need. My opinion may be my opinion, um, but this way it provides people with resources and and information to make an informed decision, as I said before. Um, Going through my own personal uh, changes in my family dynamics, uh, having gone through a separation myself, I have even more awareness and understanding of how difficult that first year um, Mm -hmm. as you go through that change in your marriage and your family dynamics. And I felt it was uh, something that I can give back even more so to not only clean break in the group here, uh, but to clients who are looking for information and services. Mm -hmm. I've worked with uh, couples who uh, would prefer to work with a female, for example. Um, For example, the wife was allowed to select the realtor and I've been chosen because I was a female realtor and I could uh, emotionally be there for that uh that couple as they go through their you know their their, their separation yeah. and the house really is the last piece of the relationship in many ways that they hold together mm-hmm. so it's a very emotional moment and I've been there many times where we're about to sign that last piece of paper signing off on the house and someone breaks into tears or someone starts to yell or the emotions that start to come out and it's understanding that it is just a home at the end of the day the relationship may have changed but that doesn't mean that you that this is gone and this is forever, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes it's just allowing people to uh, have somebody who can be empathetic with them. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm very excited about being part of this group because I feel like I have a lot to offer when it yeah. comes to just being there for some of these clients who just need an ear um, and someone to listen to what's yeah.
1: going going on in their lives. Yeah. I love that because yeah. it's just because you know again like we have to feel what we feel yes. right and every uh, any type of transition you know you're selling a parent's home because they've passed away or they you've just put them in a nursing home or something like that all of that emotion right is is not is not contained to to when you're not with your professionals right that emotion spills over oh, yeah. right Those so to sure. have somebody that not only cares and understands but like is actually a trained professional <laughs>
2: And gone through some stuff, you know. It's it's really
1: a comforting thing to hear about that sort of end of it and how you realize that impact of, of what it means. It's not just selling your house. It's not,
0: and and really, where I feel I provide so much more is just being able to um, speak to individuals as they're going through, for example, a separation or a loss of a loved one, yeah. um, and talking talking it through in terms of the uh, the stages. Everything has a stage to go through, yeah. and if you're aware of it, it feels less overwhelming as mm-hmm. you go through that. Mm-hmm. So again, it's if it's not real estate counseling and market value, it's just how are you feeling today, mm-hmm. and is today a good day, and and, and then, of course, even in an estate sale or a separation, everyone has a, diff- a different agenda. Mm-hmm. And it's about making sure that we're meeting everybody's needs in the situation. Yeah. Um, and then having tough talks about having to sign something because it's just the right thing to do right now. Right. Um, or family members, you know, upset with one another about how much they sold the house for that belonged to the family for 40 years. Yeah. It's priceless. Yeah. The right. house doesn't have a value, right. so we need to talk about that because mm-hmm. once we get through what's really holding you back we can actually move forward. And mm-hmm. real estate uh, you know, has so many emotional aspects of mm-hmm. it. On our team, we have myself who has a background in counseling. We also have three other field agents who all have uh, education, some of them in mechanical engineering, others oh. in sociology, yeah. uh, others in, again, in psychology. So we all come very educated with a background as well in negotiation training so that we can really tap into what the client's needs are at the time of the situation that brought us in there in the first place. I have a
2: question for you. So like in the current environment where, you know, it it just seems like you throw something out in a newspaper and you sell your house, you know? Um, I think the value of advice is very important, but do you see in your industry right now where there's almost like um, a separation or or a gravitation towards like some real estate agents that are really not very good at what they do? but they're managing to get by. And I don't want to put you on the spot here. No, not at all. We're not naming <laughs> but, names. That's what's important that's here. That's the important thing. And, and, because, I mean, again, it, like in an environment like this where somebody can just throw their piss on the market and sell it, they don't know if they're getting top dollar. They don't know, the person who's buying it doesn't know if they're getting a good value. And then the real estate agents, People who are getting into the game now because they want to make the big bucks, right? Yes. And that might not be a very good real estate agent. Maybe they're selling some stuff because they're just getting lucky, right? Mm -hmm. Are you seeing that gravitational pull where Mm -hmm. one side uh, of the real estate market is very, very good at what they do, and then there's a pull on the towards another side where they're just getting lucky or the environment's just right for these people and you know, they're not, they're not going to continue in the business at some point. You know what I mean? Like somebody I, I who's putting themselves out there and saying, mm-hmm. I'm a real estate agent, you know, and <laughs> I'm really not. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know I mean?
0: it's a good point, And I think I can only see a couple of pieces of uh, to, to that point. One is some of it. it the, mar- the, the industry has always been in the sense, uh, s- doesn't matter what kind of market we're in, 80% of the business is done by 20% of the realtors out right. there love in Ottawa. <laughs> Sorry. I love that rule. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in Ottawa, uh, we don't have actually a lot of realtors. People say, oh my God, there's so many of you in Toronto. There's like over 60,000 realtors in the GTA area, right? Which. One of our dilemmas here in Ottawa, and this again goes to regulatory bodies and the way you know things are working uh, at the organized real estate level, is allowing uh, outside the Ottawa area realtors to come and practice within our market, which then skews the sale prices. Because mm-hmm. when your neighbor sells for $100,000 over asking, your first th- instinct, instinctual thought is, my place is now worth 101000 more than asking because mine was better than theirs. And that's okay, um, but it's not okay because that number could have been misleading because it was a realtor from outside of the city coming in and practicing within our city and our market conditions. So that has been a huge challenge more recently than anything else that we've experienced. Hmm. Uh, the average realtor in Ottawa does about nine deals a year, and many of them do this part time. So when I when I speak to somebody for the first time who's interviewing me to be their realtor, I actually provide them a lot of questions to go back to the other realtors that they're interviewing, hmm. ask them if they're full time, ask them how many homes, it doesn't matter how many years you've been doing this, it's how many homes have you sold in this market? Right. Because then you don't have a good sense of what's mm-hmm. happening. And in this market, over the last two years, Every week something has changed. When Ford uh, uh, lifted some of the restrictions back in June, all of a sudden we, no- we noticed a small correction in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In the coldest months of the year, when we were full lockdown, nobody had anything else better to do than to go look at houses. So when you talk about some of the horror stories that you asked before, my biggest fears, the things that have kept me up at night is knowing seniors who have gotten um, excited to see how much more their homes are worth when they bought them back in the 70s and 80s for maybe yeah. a 85,000 or 125,000 yeah. so they're thinking 4 or 500 that's a, oh my goodness i i won the lottery Little did you know your house was actually worth like six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars. And as somebody who uh, myself, I spent many years appointed by the Ottawa Real Estate Board to chair discipline, so I disciplined unethical realtors for the board when complaints were brought in by the public or other realtors. Um, seeing seniors getting taken advantage of is something that I have seen a lot, um, and I mm-hmm. think that it's very, um, uh, you see a lot more of it now because of such an increase uh, in the market. So many times I'll speak to, I've had many seniors call me over the last two years, getting excited about downsizing but downsizing depending on your age and mobility is not necessarily the most ideal thing to do perhaps it's renting perhaps it's going into adult lifestyle living and uh and accepting that and taking the time or losing Mm -hmm. um their partner and being home in the big home alone Mm -hmm. and getting those realtors who knock on those doors or cold call Mm -hmm. and those are the types of realtors that i typically say be careful because the great realtors out there don't need to make those phone calls. They don't need to knock on your door. Mm -hmm. They are predominantly referred to by friends and family by, because they had a good experience with somebody yeah. and they're telling you, hey, I have somebody mm-hmm. as opposed to those that just say what you want to hear until yeah. you sign on the dotted line yep. and then you get none of the service that mm-hmm. you anticipated. Right. Just yeah. yesterday, I got a phone call from a young first-time home buyer who said, I have this realtor. Uh, I was told about you. Um, you know, They're showing me homes, but they're telling me nothing. I don't know what to look for in this house. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And I said to her, first off, I'm sorry that you're going through this because Mm -hmm. that's a really unfortunate experience for a first-time home buyer. Mm -hmm. Secondly, you need to make a decision about who you want to work in your best interest Mm -hmm. Um, and that your feelings are validated because it's not necessarily the best way. And and I always say to people, go with your gut. Mm -hmm. Go with your gut. If something doesn't feel good, Don't buy that home. Don't go look at that home. Don't go work with that realtor. Um, Take the time you need to get to know somebody before you commit to working with them.
2: Mm -hmm. So what happens in that situation? Because I know there's a contract, right? Like when somebody starts to work with a realtor and now they're shopping around but they've already signed the contract. What happens in that situation?
0: Well, my joke always is when I tell somebody that we don't have you sign something Mm -mm. right away, right? We want to get to know one another because if someone turned to me and said on the first meeting which a lot of realtors do, you need to sign this before I..." start working, we need to have a commitment. It's like asking someone on a first date, will you marry me? Exactly. And maybe sometimes that might work, but I'm not really <laughs> sure how the long-term plan will, you know, suit everyone's best interests. Right. Um. So, you know, for us, we like to go out a few times with a client, get to know one another. We want to make sure we're um, fulfilling their expectations and vice versa. Um, sometimes people have Big expectations of what they can afford. I've had a few people recently who are coming to Ottawa, very much begging me to find them that unicorn of something that was undervalued that doesn't exist <laughs> right now, <laughs> <laughs> right? And exist. so that's
1: been really tough. It's um, sad. So. But it's t- yeah, yeah. Mm.
2: yeah. What a change in the market, though. Oh, right? when you, I know gracious. you've been in you've been in mortgages for years, oh. and and I, I I not so much, but I've moved around. Like I've bought and sold them, at, like about four houses and I was I was just saying to someone the other day um, a client that we were we were going through uh, timelines right and so he's in the same age bracket that I'm in right and I said I remember back you know in 2000 sorry 1995 when I bought my first house and, and I was in my 20s and the interest rates were at seven and a three-quarter percent for a five-year fixed. And he's like, "Yeah, I remember those days. God, it was hard to, you know, you, how, how much money went towards your mortgage payment, right?" I said, "Yeah, but the transition was, is that uh, translation was, is that it was eighty five thousand to buy the house. Mm-hmm. I bought a townhouse for mm-hmm. eighty five thousand in Barhaven, and mm-hmm. then we said, and we Aren't there was, was like, a, so th- it? I, know. I, I know, i was going to say don't know. go there because, <laughs> because I've already said to Sylvia. Is. I should have kept that damn house. Um, but then there was a, there was this pause, and we just kind of looked at each other, and I was like." how many people do you know that make $500,000, $600,000 a year in a family unit? And he's like, none. And then I said, cause at the time when I bought that $85,000 house, Sylvia and I were making just close to $90,000 between the two of us. Mm-hmm. We were each making about $40,000 give or take, You know, but that's 25 years ago, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, so that if you trans- translated that to today, an average house is going for Okay, for a t- I don't know about a townhouse. My house is pretty basic, but you know, but even six hundred thousand dollars, I don't know people who own, who six. make six hundred thousand dollars annually. Yeah. So when you layer those two things on on top of each other, the yeah. fellow I was sitting with, I was like, how do people? How are people gonna? How is this gonna end? How is this gonna continue on? Mm-hmm. So there's a question for you right yeah. there: Is can this keep going?
0: I don't believe that the pricing. Right, would go any any more ridiculous than we've seen this quarter so far in right. 2022. Okay. Um, I think that where what we hope for is to see some transition happen with certain demographics, certain generations. You know, again, many people are staying longer in their matrimonial or family mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. Um, because they're not ready to move on to mm-hmm. either the rental. We are living longer than we've lived before, and I think that's something to take into consideration. Um, but I do believe that there are certain properties that have been overlooked over the years because, well, I want better, I want newer, mm. I want prettier, I want Turnkey. shinier, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we live again in that society where it's, it's it. you know, either, well, I always said HGTV made our industry look like, you know, flipping a house is like an easy thing. We're all going to make money on this. Right. Right. And that's not true. (laughs) Um, And so uh, I went from, you know, this feeling of when I started off in real estate as a used car salesman to, and there's nothing wrong with that, but to to, to, to HGTV glamorizing our industry and everyone's like, oh my goodness, it must be so nice to look at pretty houses all the time. I'm like, that's not what I do. Um, uh, To now going through the motions of affordability. And when is enough enough Mm -hmm. and I do believe that there's a place for regulatory bodies uh, to do better for us to do better for the public to do better for us professionals believe me when I tell you the professional Realtors out there are just as frustrated as the public is Mm -hmm. and I'm a firm believer that if we were to hold those uh, in positions of um, you know regulatory bodies of accountability we may not have gotten this far Um, and I truly believe that with the restrictions being lifted uh, this this could change very quickly this year simply because people will have things to do. People will mm-hmm. be able to travel again. I think that real estate has been so hot because it's been available and, yeah. and everyone Something wants a piece of it. Mm-hmm. Right. When you think about it, real estate has also turned around for many to be better investments sometimes than the stock market. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that we have to take that into consideration. But fundamentally, the interest rates are so low, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're the lowest we've ever seen. Yeah. So as much as we get frustrated that our parents may have bought in the 80s a house for you know X 80, dollars, 000. but they yeah. were going at 22% yeah. interest rates. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas- My first
1: house was in 91 and we paid 11 and three quarters. Mm-hmm. And we locked in in August and in October, friends of ours bought a house and the rates had dropped to seven. And change.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Two months from when we locked into it. Unbelievable. 11 and three quarters. And now they're going up.
2: There's, they're they pro- are going they're, up. They, And you know what? The Bank of Canada just said that like they were supposed to be a quarter point and they went to no. a full half point.
1: They went a quarter. They yeah. went to 0.5. 0.5, yeah.
2: Yeah, they so were at a of half, of, half, half of 1%.
1: They they are at a half of 1% now. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sorry. what I meant.
1: But they didn't go up a half a percent.
2: No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> a lot of people actually have, sorry, and I don't, a lot of people have confused that because a lot of people thought it went up a half a point. Mm-hmm. And
2: no. And it no, didn't. No.
1: I know you would know it better, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> sorry, anyway. We're saying the same thing. No, 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 we're saying the same thing. And they're already planning another four to six.
1: Of course. And, and, and you'll know better how to understand the markets, but like, fixed rates are not tied to the prime, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of people go, oh my goodness, rates are going up, rates are going up. <laughs> Cause prime went up a quarter percent. Yes, rates are going up. But the fixed rates have nothing to do with the variable. Yes, they're all correlated, right? It's far more, it's far above my pay grade, but you know, you would, you know, so I, I think people have to understand that yes, they're connected, but they are two different monetary markets basically, right? right? So yeah. when you talk about fixed rates, they have gone up. I'm not denying they have gone up. But every time people panic because Prime is going up, it's like you would not believe the January announcement. I was just getting ready to go on holidays and the phone calls were, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I'm like, uh, you know that Prime has nothing to do with your fixed rate. (laughs) Yes. Rates are going up, but it has nothing. Anyway. Um, should Rachel,
2: I, I have uh, one last thing I want to ask. Okay. Oh, you you well, I want to
1: ask her about Joe and Sue. Okay, let,
2: yeah, let's finish with that one. Yeah. Let's do that one.
1: You were telling us that you had a clean break moment, a, a real, that you can relate to a clean break, and you had some clients, and we're going to call them Joe and Sue.
0: Yes, so, uh, Joe, and, so Joe contacted... Uh, the Royal page website, right? So again, one of the largest brands in Ottawa, Uh, he went directly to uh, the company's website and asked for a realtor. And I happened to get that email many years ago when this happened. And uh, he invited me to the house, told me that um, his wife was working, uh, had me walk through the home, um, told me that they were going to sell it, that they were separating, uh, asked me for my evaluation. We discussed it. He signed the paperwork right on the spot and said, I will connect you with Sue by email and have you come and meet her and that way you can fill out the paperwork with her and go from there. And I thought, okay, well, this is just a typical separation where everything seemed very amicable, uh, reasonable and generous. So a couple, I think two weeks later or so, once that introduction by email was done and I came to visit uh, Sue, um, I, I ring the doorbell, she opens the door and she looks at me with tears running down her face saying, you've been in this house already, haven't you? And I stood there in shock and said, what do you mean? And she said, he, he let you in here. He's finally leaving me, isn't he? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, just come in, you know, just do what you need to do. And so I said, why don't we sit down and talk? And so she spent the 45 minutes telling me about how they were high school sweethearts, how they had one child together, and that although they had not been living together, that they, she thought that they were going to come, he was going to come around and come back home. And the fact that I had been contacted and that he had signed the paperwork already, um, it meant that this was real, that he was actually going ahead and moving on with his life without her. And it just broke my heart for her. And as she, I let her, you know, just speak her, you know, speak her mind, tell me the stories, tell me the good times, the bad times as she cried. And then, of course, she looks at me and you know she says, okay, well, just give me this paperwork. Let me sign it now. <laughs> and I said, oh, no, you oh, will not. Wow. Because once this house is signed and sealed and delivered, how is the money going to be distributed? What's the separation agreement? You don't want to sign this mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. because you want to be sure you know your rights first. Okay. And if the, if the house means this much to you, maybe you want to keep it. And that's mm-hmm. a question you have to ask between yourself and the lawyer and go from that point then of course she looked at me in a little bit puzzled look and said where did he find you and i said on a corporate website and she goes really and i said yes and i think it all worked out the way it should so uh we i walked away uh she hired a lawyer and she um you know finally decided let's pursue this now sometimes and this happens in our industry a lot someone has good intentions of wanting to sell but they actually really don't. Right. They're gonna they're gonna psychologically change something, create obstacles in order to avoid the the necessary outcome of having to sell the house. Yeah. And she certainly did that, you know, canceling, showing, uh, you know, uh, possibilities with other prospective buyers, you know, not keeping the place clean. Um, And it was very challenging because the truth is she didn't have anything to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And that was where we realized, wait a minute, we need to start taking her out actively to look at a home that she would actually like, that would look as pretty and as as fresh and new as the one she was living in at a budget she could afford. And uh, funny enough, we did. We found the perfect home for her. And uh, she got so excited, she bought the home and then she was more than willing and prepared to sign off and sell her current home. And we were able to move on. And I'm happy to say uh, within the last 18 months, I was called in to sell the home she had bought because she met somebody and they were moving on to buy a big home for their blended family. Nice. Isn't that nice? Nice story. story. That's an awesome thank story. You. Thank well. you. I love it. Yeah. Love it.
2: Well, so, it's been a pleasure yeah. having you on the show. Yeah. Thank you thank so much for having me. And getting to know you. you. And we encourage everyone that wants to get to know you more mm-hmm. to check out your website, uh, which is
0: www.rachelhammer.com and uh, there's tons of information about me you can contact us at info at look at our profiles and our bios of our very uh, highly skilled educated realtors and look at all the homes in ottawa that are currently available because we have all the resources you need on the site
2: Love it. And we're going to get you back yeah. on the show. Because we'll, there's lots of we're things gonna that dig we didn't in.
1: even get to. So <laughs> we'll keep this for the next one. It, surp- it always amazes
2: me when, yeah. when, when guests on the show say, oh, my God, how are we going to talk for 45 minutes? I've yeah. seen, did you know Joe Rogan does podcasts that are three hours long? Yeah. Wow. Oh, my wow. God. Anyway, so just um, goes, tells you that. Three hours? we got lots to talk Probably about, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Anyways, uh, you know what? We'll put a pin there. Thank you yeah. for joining Thank us today. Uh so much. Uh, people want to find out more about you as well. They can check out the mic cleanbreak.ca website. Uh, Lots of blogs there to read and lots of professionals to connect with. So on that note, we're going to put a pin in it and we're going to say thank you everyone for joining us today. Take care of yourselves, take care of the people around you, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic
1: you've been listening to clean
0: break our weekly podcast on life transitions you can find more topics like today's and other great advice from life transition professionals at mycleanbreak.ca where we upload audio video and blog content every week mycleanbreak.ca has clear and simple advice from trusted local professionals to help you get to the other side of any transition